Now I'm very pleased to welcome to the studio Lindy McIntyre. She's a community organizer for Living Wage Aotearoa. Welcome to B-Side Stories, Lindy. Oh, thank you very much, Laura. It's great to be here. So tell me about yourself. How did you first get involved in Living Wage Movement? Well, I've my background is from the union movement in New Zealand. I first got involved in unions as a delegate in the Printers Union in the mid-80s. And then I started working at the old Hotel and Hospital Workers' Union in 1990. I've Over the years that I was working in the union movement, I was working with very low-paid workers, with cleaners, with security guards, with factory workers, with caregivers, who just simply weren't making enough to get along and have a decent life. And some of us that, were, that saw those, um, those people and worked with them for many years, got together and thought, we just don't have, within the union movement, we don't have enough power to change, to change the lives of uh, very low-paid workers in New Zealand. Unions do have power, but we need to build our power together with other organisations in the community, other parts of civil society who share our concern and who also want to work together to address the situation of uh, very low wages in New Zealand and the growing working poor. For sure. So um, when did you first get involved? Was it a while ago? Well, some people got together in Auckland and Wellington in late 2012 to start talking about doing things differently, to start thinking about wages differently, not what's the absolute lowest an employer can pay and maybe we can squeeze a couple of cents out here or a couple of cents out there, but maybe we can really transform the way we think about wages to what do workers and their families really need to have decent lives and to be able to participate in society. So we we started talking about uh, looking overseas and looking at some successful ways that alliances of unions and faith groups and community had worked together to, to really make a difference for around working with low-paid workers and changing the situation, winning big wage increases. And what we looked at was the living wage movement, particularly in the UK, and the successes, for example, with Greater London Authority, the London City Council. And we thought, yep, that's that's what we want to do. We want to build our power in the community so that we can work together to lift low wages. That is actually quite a ways back that you're drawing on. So living wage has been a movement in New Zealand for a long time, hasn't it? So unions were still doing their work, faith groups were still doing their work and community organisations, but we just started talking and in mid-2013 we had, we had two, two public launches of a new movement, the Living Wage Aotearoa movement, one in Auckland and the Wellington launch was in August 2013 and that was like us saying, hey, we've, uh, we've, we've started a new movement, we've started to seriously work together to build power at that time in Wellington City. But since then, we've grown living wage movements in Porua, 
and the Hutt Valley. We have a campaign going at Victoria University. We've got a group that's been active in Newtown. We've got artists for the living wage. So across the Wellington region, there are grassroots living wage movements popping up or growing stronger every and everywhere. And everywhere that we're, we've got a living wage movement, it's all about those three streams. It's all about unions working together with faith groups and community organisations across a broad-based alliance to build people power to really make a difference. Incredible. So uh, tell me just what is the living wage? How is it set and who is it for? Well, the living wage is quite different from the minimum wage. We know that people in New Zealand can't live on the minimum wage. I certainly know that from my experience of working as a union organiser. Many cleaners and others and caregivers who may have been working for many, many years and in, in demanding hard, tough jobs were still on the minimum wage or close to it. And we know that that's not a livable wage. The living wage is a wage that is not just about survival, it's not a life of luxury, but it's about having enough to do things like perhaps have some healthy food. Um, it's about being able to afford to go to the doctor when it's necessary. It might, might be these days having a computer to share in the house. It might be occasionally being able to afford a trip out together. And if your child gets chosen for a sports team, then being able to choose a uniform. These are the stories that our workers have told us over the years that is where they really struggle to be able to participate in society. So the living wage is not a survival rate. It's about not just surviving, but participating. It's about not having to work 60 or 70 hours a week because your wages are so low that there's no other way that you can get enough money to pay a power bill or fix the car or if it's broken. And we can't even really talk about um, housing costs and rent because, frankly, the living wage doesn't solve everything and it's certainly not not enough for... Uh, for housing costs in Auckland and increasingly elsewhere. But the living wage is a stake in the ground. It's currently set at 1980, and that rate has been identified by two experts in this field, Charles Watergrave and Dr Peter King. Those two have uh, done the initial work, and they've used methodology similar to that used in countries where the living wage is established. It's an extensive piece of research based on a model family about what are the needs of that household to lead decent but modest lives and what income would be required to sustain that. From that, a figure has been identified, which is the rate for all workers. So the hourly living wage rate, which was announced earlier this year, at a local, at a Wellington Living Wage Employers premises, Pivotal Thames Printing Company, who are um, accredited living wage employer. That rate was announced at Pivotal Thames in March this year, and that rate is 19.80 an hour. Fantastic. I, um, you talked about how it was uh, meant for people who have families, and also that maybe it's not meant to cover extreme housing costs in, in some cities in New Zealand. So what a, what a difficult balance uh, these researchers who are trying to pick the living wage 
have when they're trying to decide a, a rate that's for all of New Zealand. Um, yeah. Is that challenging or have yes, they thought about Yes, that's very challenging. I mean, we know the minimum wage is a rate for all New Zealanders over True. a certain age. Yeah. It's not enough for anybody, actually, mm. but it's significantly worse for some. The researchers who identified the living wage rate took into account family support, government support, and so that was factored into the um, the research, the methodology. Mm. So many who are receiving the living wage will still be receiving... Um, we'll, we'll still be receiving that sort of government assistance because we've got to remember that actually um, working for families is available to people up to around $100,000 in salaries. It's actually across the board, and so it's not surprising that some of those receiving the living wage will still also be entitled to government support. So it is complicated, but the figure is a figure for all workers. Young workers have needs that they have they have a right to education in New Zealand they have different costs older workers have different costs single workers may well have far no responsibilities that aren't children and all of these things are going to be different for different workers so yes the living wage won't be enough for every single worker and for others it may provide them with an opportunity maybe to save something for when they're older, and I think that's a very good thing. That is a good thing. Now, what's the experience of an employer who chooses to adopt a living wage? It seems like a, a funny economic decision to make, but what, what do you see people experiencing when they choose to switch to a living wage? Well, I'll go back to the employer that I just promoted because we really want to promote our living wage employers. A few minutes ago, I mentioned Pivotal Thames, a printing company that's in central Wellington. Pivotal Thames employs around 50 workers and at Pivotal, Pivotal Thames are a living wage employer. That means not only is every single directly employed staff member paid the, the living wage, it means the, um, the admin people, the delivery people, the, everybody that's on the, that's on the directly employed um, staff list, but it also means that the contracted workers who work as cleaners at Pivotal Thames are also paid the living wage. This is really important. So the cleaners who turn up at night, they're employed by a contractor called Fresh Desk Cleaning Company. Fresh Desk are based in Eastbourne and they're a living wage cleaning company too. Now when Fresh Desk went to Pivotal Thames and said this is what it's going to cost to do the cleaning at Pivotal Thames, it would have been a higher price. I don't know because I wasn't party to those negotiations, but I'd be guessing it was a higher price than a cleaning company who pay the minimum wage to their cleaners. What Pivotal Thames are saying was, we don't mind paying a bit more because we know that we're going to get a stable, happy workforce with higher morale, who, who international research shows are less likely to be absent, are more likely to stick around, so are going to know our premises, are going to do a really good job, 
and we're not going to have constant turnover of different people turning up. Because actually there are lots of business benefits. There's a lot of international research that's shown that it's there's, there's benefits for businesses who pay the living wage. And there's another benefit besides having a workforce with lower turnover and less recruitment and retention issues and and better morale and greater productivity. Besides all of those um, benefits, there's the benefit of being able to say, well, look, Wellingtonians, if you've got some printing, come along to Pivotal Thames. If you've got a cleaning job, come along to Fresh Desk because actually you're supporting something that's good for the wider community because you're putting money into the pockets of the lowest paid workers and we know for a fact that low paid workers spend all their disposable income in the local economy. They're not out there buying yachts and you know, buying, putting money away in the bank um, because actually they need to spend their money on just getting by and that means putting money into local businesses. So everybody benefits from employers making the choice to become living wage employers and good on the ones that have done so because interestingly it's been the smaller ethical businesses who've been first to put their hands up. But actually we've got our eye on big business, big business like the big banks. Now we'd like to see them take the lead as they have in the UK and we're looking forward to the first big financial institution in New Zealand who puts their hand up and says, yes, we pay our chief executive millions and millions of dollars, and actually it's not on that we pay the cleaner who comes in at night to clean his office $15.25 an hour before tax. It's not on, and we'd like to see that changed. Well, woohoo for the ethical businesses in Wellington who are putting their hands up. How can... How can I find out what who the living wage employers are in my community? You can uh, you can find out who the living wage employers are in this community by going on to the living wage website www.livingwage.org.nz. But it's a small number of employers because this is a very new concept and we've been we've been accrediting or making official or kind of giving a certificate to living wage employers now for two years. So it's a very, very new concept and there's quite a small group. There's now nearly 60 living wage employers in New Zealand. I, I can give a shout out for some businesses like Little Island Ice Cream, like Tonzu. There's a new software um company employing 70 workers, uh, which is called Wearscape, and they're based in Auckland and Wellington, and it's great to see some larger businesses coming on board. But it it is really small beginnings. We've got um, beautiful bicycles in Newtown, really worth supporting them, pop in there and have a coffee. But this is is the beginning of of a program that uh, will take time to grow. It's interesting that in the UK where accreditation as a living wage employer has been around for around 10 years, the number of accredited living wage employers has grown to 2,500 and does include all the major banks and finance companies, KPMG, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Lloyds Bank, Bank of London, also includes some big universities and it includes a high percentage of local authorities or city councils. That's really what we're, that's where we're aiming for. 
uh, small beginning, but uh, the number of living wage employers in New Zealand doubled over the past year, and um, we are expecting we're expecting the number to to keep rising quite dramatically as people catch on to understanding that it's actually good for business. It's a really good way of promoting yourself, and also we know that there will be many businesses and organisations in Wellington who already pay the living wage might have to just check if they're already paying their cleaners or any workers who are employed by via contractors on a regular and ongoing way. But there are, there are many employers who could benefit by um, getting that sticker on the door. Just like saying, uh, we're an organic company or we're a fair trade company and uh, we'd like to see them add that sticker saying, we're a living wage employer. Let's, it's about people as well as 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 well as the quality of the product. Absolutely, you talked about big employers and even city councils, and I know there's been a lot of discussion around Wellington City Council becoming a living wage council. Where is that at? Well, Wellington City Council has really taken some fantastic steps forward and has made significant progress on becoming New Zealand's first living wage council. And and we're pretty proud of the campaign and also proud of the leadership shown by the current council. In 2013, the Wellington City Council made a commitment in principle to become a living wage council. And at the beginning of 2014, Wellington City Council moved all the directly employed workers to the, the, the then living wage rate of 1840. Now, there has been considerable progress since then. The parking wardens were all taken in-house and received a pay increase of around $4, $4 an hour. That was, that was great. And we know that Wellington City Council's own surveying show that people are much happier with the job that the um, parking wardens are doing. And uh, that's good as well, because that just confirms our research, which is that when decent wages are paid, people tend to stay in jobs longer, and that gives them the opportunity to acquire skills and feel better about their job. There's still a long way to go at Wellington City Council. Our Living Wage Wellington movement, which is an alliance of local faith groups, community organisations and unions, has been campaigning very hard for two things. One is for the current rate at Wellington City Council to match the current New Zealand official living wage rate because it has slipped back and we want to see that catch up to the current rate of 1980 and keep on keeping up with the current rate. Secondly, there are many workers employed via contractors. They're part of the Wellington City Council workforce. They're absolutely essential to keeping the city going and keeping the council going, but those workers have been excluded up until now. The good news is that right now around 60 workers who are security guards and cleaners employed by Spotless, um, the contract cleaning company, and security workers employed by Recon, a security company, are in the process of being transferred up to a higher rate. They're in the process of getting a pay rise to bring them up to the rate paid to the directly employed staff at Wellington City Council. 
For cleaners, this means, and for security guards, it means an increase of around $3 an hour. This is a, just a fantastic victory. It's really great. These are workers living on poverty rates who are part of the core Wellington City Council workforce. And it'll be fantastic news for the vast majority of Wellingtonians who've said in a crystal clear way through endless public consultation we want to be proud of our council, we want them to become a living wage employer and we want that to be extended to the very lowest paid in the Wellington City Council workforce. So big celebration when these first contract workers come on board and when they get their pay rise, which is, which is looking like being in the next four to six weeks. That is going to be the cause for big celebration. But we've got a long way to go. The recycling workers, they've not come on board yet. The Chamber of Commerce have stamped their feet and made a big fuss and said we're, we're not prepared to listen to the democratic voice of the people of Wellington saying this is what we want. We actually oppose the living wage idea. For some reason, that's never been explained. So there's been that opposition and that's um, been a sidetrack for Wellington City Council getting on and, and completing the job. So, uh, so for these, we've got an opportunity with the local body elections coming up. We've got a great opportunity to really mobilise and to show the mayoral candidates and the uh, councillor candidates for Wellington City Council Actually, the people of Wellington are behind this. You've done a great job. Hundreds of lives have been transformed through you showing that you're prepared to be a good employer and pay a living wage. And actually, now is the time to finish off the job. So we, Living Wage Wellington, are calling on mayoral candidates to make that commitment to finish off the job and make sure they're paying the full living wage amount and that the lowest paid, like the recycling workers and like some of the cleaners who are not uh, included in the pay rise that's happening in the next few weeks. So we'll be challenging those candidates at a forum and we'd like all people of Wellington who support the living wage to come along and join us. It's on September the 1st, 6 to 8pm at the Wesley Church, the Wesley Parish Church in Taranaki Street. So that's 75 Taranaki Street, the big church with the big tree. And we want to pack that church out and show the mayoral candidates that actually this is what the people of Wellington support and we're going to challenge them to make a very strong commitment that should they be elected as mayor, they will make sure they champion the living wage, they'll make sure that there are no workers left behind and that the lowest paid aren't left behind. But we also will be having candidates forums on the 8th of September in the Hutt Valley at St Paul's Church in Waifatu, same time, 6 to 8pm, so that's 8th of September at St Paul's Church in Waifatu, and on the 15th of September, uh, 6 to 8pm in Pororua, and we're just finalising a venue in Cannons Creek. So we are, those three candidates' forums we expect to be uh, a lot of fun. We'll have music, we'll have worker speakers, it'll, they'll be very lively events, 
And we are not asking um, mayoral candidates and council candidates to come along and give long speeches about their um, their policies where the people of Wellington, Hutt City and Porora will be there to say, this is what the people want. Is this something that you can commit to tonight? And we're certainly expecting a favourable response. Fantastic. We look forward to those events in September. And, um, you know, both to celebrate the victories that we've had and for those uh, low-wage workers so far and push for that $19.80 in the future. Lindy, thanks so much for coming and talking to us. Oh, thank you. Thanks thanks so much. And thanks, thanks to the huge support that there's been from the people of Wellington. Thank you. <laughs>